All right, let's talk about the Constitution or a whole bunch of compromises that the framers made. Remember, this was 55 men who gathered in Philadelphia to come up with a new plan of government when they realized they could not revise the articles because not all the states, Rhode Island, did not choose to attend. So the very first discussion at the Constitution was how states should be represented Uh, As far as the legislative branch, remember the legislative branch is the group that actually makes the laws. So we're talking about Congress. Under the Articles, Congress was every state had the same number of representatives. So it didn't matter if you were a big state or a small state. And that's why you had the two plans proposed, uh, Virginia representing the larger states and New Jersey representing the smaller states, arguing whether or not there should be different Um, representation based on the size of your state. So the compromise is officially called the Connecticut Compromise. We nicknamed it the Great Compromise because it set the ball in motion for everything that would then carry out. But it was basically a an agreement between the two. So remember, uh, it created a bicameral Congress, which means we have a Senate where power is equally distributed among the states, because each state has two senators uh, with a total of 100 today, and that is based on the New Jersey or the smaller states' plans. In the House of Representatives, representation is based on population. The total number in the House today is fixed at 435, uh, and each state is allocated a number of seats according to their population. And how do we determine that? We determine allocation every 10 years when we do the census. So right now we are uh, conducting a census in 2020, uh, and it will look and decide how many House seats each state will get based on the population. The number will not go above 435, so it's possible that a state could add a representative, but that means somewhere else uh, some state is going to lose one. Uh, And that talks about apportionment or reapportionment, assigning the states a certain number of representatives. The minimum number of representatives is one. So a state like Montana only has one representative for the entire state. uh, And that uh, is the basis for how we determine Congress. The next discussion was the Electoral College, the debate for selecting the president. Uh, And this was an agreement that they had to come up with. So they were fearful of the voters choosing because they wouldn't have enough information. Uh, and they could be misled or um, in a way or a sense bribed to choose someone more popular. Uh, They didn't want the president chosen by Congress because they wanted to separate those powers of the legislative and executive branch. Uh, They didn't want to have them selected by states because, again, they were concerned that smaller states uh, would not be able to have a fair say and the larger states would dominate. And there were also concerns about slavery and how those... um, individuals will be counted as far as population purposes. So the compromise to choose the executive was the creation of this electoral college, that word is not used anywhere in the Constitution, where each state is entitled to a number of electors equal to its total number of seats in Congress. So the number of people in the House plus the Senate, and those um, electors in each state will vote for the president and vice president. How do we choose who goes to the electoral college? That is left up to the individual states to decide. 
Uh, and this basically was um, the method that was used and um, compromised on that we still use today. Uh, the idea of slavery in the Constitution was a problem and uh, was kind of something that they put a pin in. They didn't really want to discuss it a whole lot. Uh, this word slave appears nowhere in the Constitution. They did address the issue with the slave trade compromise and allowed it to continue for 20 years. And also the three-fifths compromise, uh, simply saying that out of every uh, five slaves, three of them would count as far as choosing uh, population purposes for house seats. The last thing we want to look over is the amendment procedure. So the framers recognized that a flaw in the articles was the inability for that government to be changed uh, without some unanimous approval. And they wanted to make sure that they weren't put in a similar crisis, that if the government needed to change or adapt, they put into play procedures that would allow this to happen. So Article 5 of the Constitution highlights the amendment process, uh, and it's a two-stage process, proposal and ratification. An amendment can be proposed either by two-thirds vote in both houses of Congress or a convention that's called by Congress uh, with two-thirds of the state legislatures. That has never actually been used uh, where the states were called to propose an amendment. It then has to be ratified by three-fourths of the state governments or three-fourths of a special convention of Congress uh, of the states. And today uh, we have 27 amendments. The first 10, again, are the Bill of Rights. Uh, the other 17 have been added over time using this proposal and ratification process. Neither the president nor the federal courts have any powers or duties with regards to amendments, so they can do nothing about them once they are added to the Constitution. They are there to stay unless a new amendment like the 21st would cancel out something like the 18th.